Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Good day, I'm Pierre Leveillier from Deep South Resources. I'm the president and CEO. Deep South is listed on the TSX Venture in Canada under the symbol the DSM. It's also listed in Frankfurt and on the OTCQB under DSMTF. Uh, the, the, the company holds uh, 100% of a hide copper project in the south of Namibia, uh, which is in dispute with the government actually at the, at the moment. The, the license has been pulled back by the uh, Minister of Mines. Uh, but we, uh, you know, we've taken quite a lot of steps to get these rights back and we're pretty confident to do it. Okay. So page seven of your PowerPoint says Namibia, low risk and mining friendly. Do you still feel the same way? Yes. <laughs> I had a little hesitation because when you live a situation like this, uh, uh, it's, it's quite tricky. But yes, I'm still, I'm, I'm doing business in Namibia since 1996. I, I've lived in the country. I still have a very strong network there. And I see a lot of prominent people in Namibia which are who are very uh, annoyed by the situation we live at the moment. They, they don't like it because it's not good for the image of the country. So because of that, I still feel it's good. Okay, but it doesn't take away from the fact that your share price, which was you know on a bit had a bit of momentum behind it, has just been thrown off the edge of a cliff because of the the, the license renewal is is not forthcoming. It seems. Do you, can you give us a little bit of backstory there in terms of the process? involved before it, uh, it was not renewed. Yeah. The, uh, the way the Mining Act works is that you have to renew the license every two years. It's an expiration license. And uh, you have to file the application 90 days prior to the expiry of the license, which in our case was uh, April 2021. Did you do so that? So in January Were you on 2021. Time? Were you on time? Yeah. Okay. We filed the application in January, nine, more than 90 days prior to the expiry. And in that, you, 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 know, you explain what you will do in the next two years, what kind of budget and, and so, so on and so forth. And uh, after we filed that, we have applied for a drilling permit in February, which has been granted immediately. We have started drilling in March, at the end of March, we have applied for a uh, uh, sample exportation permit to ship the, uh, the uh, cores out of the country for the uh, assaying. Uh, that was going well. It has been approved, no problem. In May, mid-May, the, the, that license, that permit has expired. So we applied again for a, uh, a renewal of that export permit, which has been granted on the 3rd of, 3rd of June, uh, 2021. It was good up to November. Those permits are approved and given by the, uh, by the uh, granted by the mining commissioner's office, which is the same office that you know, review and prepare the, the file for renewal of the expiration license. Uh, and uh, six days after we received the last renewal of the export sample uh, permit, we received a letter from the minister saying that he was not intending to, uh, to uh, uh, accept the renewal of the license. And he said, because, uh, uh, we have failed in doing some drilling and we have failed in doing a PFS as proposed. Uh, have you? Did you fail? Because I can't find anywhere in writing where it says, you know, um, you know what, what are the requirements for you under the, you know, the, the previous license? What were you obliged to do? How much were you obliged to spend? How many meters to be drilled? What kind of reporting were you meant to 
have done? Where, where, where does it say that? It's in the Mining Act and it's in the license. And the license, uh, uh, it comes with the application. When they approve the license, it's because, because you, they approve the proposal you made. In our case, we have proposed to do 4,000 meters of drilling. Did, did you do proposed- that? Did you do that? Yes. Okay, what yeah. else? We have uh, uh, proposed to do some metallurgical test work. We did a one-ton test work with Mintech in South Africa, and we have proposed to do a PFS. In the, did you do in, the PFS? During the tenure. Where's the PFS? Yeah. PFS yes. done. But during Justin. the tenure, every four, uh, three months, you need to file a quarterly report to say where you stand, how much money you have spent. Did you do that? By the way, the, the budget was in the million dollars. It was $30 million. Okay? Right. That was proposed. And the during the uh, tenure, there was a period where we received these metallurgical tests from Mintech and we said, gee, they are very good. So we don't see any reason to do a PFS. We would prefer just to include them in our existing PA, do an upgraded PA and start a feasibility study immediately because we know that we will go with the, with the, uh, uh, with the, uh, uh, bio leaching only because the PFS, what you should do is compare different technologies, different me- method of extraction, which is not, we were not in need of doing this because in the past there was already a feasibility study on the project. There was other scoping studies. So there was a lot of tests done in the database. But let, 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 let me make, so, so technically that you did not do a PFS. You're saying we're going to take that data. We're going to skip the PFS, which gives us permission not to do it in your mind. We go straight to a feasibility study. Did you communicate that skipping of a process to the ministry at any point? Yes. Okay. The way it should be done, the mining access that you have to inform them in a a specific letter to the mining commissioner. And uh, if they're not happy with it, there's two things they should do. They should meet you to uh, have a discussion around it or send you a letter stating that the... uh, uh, they give you a, a certain period to remedy to the situation, okay? They have done none of that. And for the three quarters in a row after that, in our uh, uh, quarterly reports, we were talking specifically about that upgraded PEA that was coming and that that uh, feasibility study that was to start, okay? And effectively, before the end of the, uh, of the license, before the expiry, uh, we had started doing some work related to that feasibility study, scoping studies on water usage, scoping studies on power solutions, scoping studies on environment. Uh, that was, uh, Mike Pizol was, was hired to do that, and that was on the way. Uh, we have started also some specific metallurgical tests with METS in Australia, uh, and that was specifically for that feasibility study. So, in fact, what we have proposed to them is to go a step ahead of doing a PFS. So it's a bit tricky to say that we have failed doing a PFS when we have proposed to do better and they have never objected to that. Well, they, they, well hang, have, on, hang on. They have you, the obligation. To you, you, you told them what you were doing. You didn't get a response, right? And yeah. in, again, in your mind, you're saying, well, this is better than a PFS because we're going to the next stage. But you know, all around the same time, you know, money's a bit tight for you guys. You know, probably not doing as much drilling as you, you wanted to do, and the market's 
you know, we're, we're not being particularly kind to, to, to small companies and you weren't getting so much notice. Did they feel that you were cash constrained? And, that, and that's why you made the decision to skip PFS and onto feasibility study because you could save some money at the time. Uh, no, we didn't uh, uh, skip the, uh, the, the PFS to, to do or, or because we were cash constrained. And I can tell you because I know them well, they, they don't even check your balance sheet. They don't, they don't have a clue of what you're doing with your financial statements. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a real, it's not a real uh, issue there. And the reason why we can skip a PFS is because of the amount of work that has been done in the past by other companies like Tech, Rio Tinto, Falcon Bridge, Great Fitzroy, Feasibility Study, PFS. There, there was a certain number of, of, uh, of exercise that were done, scoping studies that were done that what we're doing now is that we're upgrading a, an existing feasibility study. And that's part of the 43101 code. You can do that as long as you have the right data to do it. So what do you do now? Because the, the difficulty is once you don't want to get in an argument, you certainly, certainly don't want to make this emotional. You want to make it cold and hard. We've yep. applied, you've refused. Please tell us why. Have they told you why? That's the first thing they said, and uh, by letter. And then we said, listen, well, what? we what did they say? Substantial. Just be clear, with me. what exactly did they say you have not done? The, uh, four, uh, the 4,000 meters of drilling. And the uh, and the uh, pre-feasibility study. But you said okay. you, you just told me you have done that. Why would they say you haven't done that? I don't have a clue. <laughs> when look how ridiculous it is. When they they wrote that there was three drills on site and they were fully aware of that because they gave us the permit to do that, and they gave us permits to export samples. So it's a little bit. Uh, <laughs> right. This one so you, not, so, so not clear next logical step is you say you say we have not done these three things. I'm showing you that we have. What was their yeah. response to that? Then we had a meeting with the minister to try to show what we have done, and it was we have never been able to present our case. We have never been able to explain what we were doing. He was asking questions very quick, and questions were were probably organized in advance, you know, to, and they ask us, what have we done in the last 10 years and stuff like this? You know, it's like, it's irrelevant because in the last 10 years, two things. First, we were not controlling the license. We were a, a minority shareholder up to the, uh, 2017. So the last four years, fine. But before that, we were not controlling anything. And the other thing is that they have renewed the license every for every two years. So you cannot come back after saying we were not satisfied. You were because you have it. So, the, you know, they have to stick on the last two years. Were you satisfied or not? And this is what we have proposed. We have proposed a budget of Namibian $30 million. We have spent 28.5 million Namibian. So we're very near of that budget. And we have done everything we were uh, uh, that we have proposed to do. The only thing we have not we have modified is the PFS story. And they were informed of that and they have never objected. And that's the way the law works. They don't need to send us a letter to say we agree to that. They need to send us a letter if they disagree to it. Okay? Right. So, so you, that's you, the mining you, act. That's the you way assume, the law works. You've assumed, because your interpretation of the law is silence is complicity. I saying their silence says we agree to this. That's, that's how you're reading it, Yeah. And it's not how we read it. It's the Mining Act. That's the way it is written in the Act. Okay. If they're not satisfied, they must inform us. 
If they don't inform us, it's because they're satisfied. Right. Do you, you gave us a bit of a clue there. They're asking you about what have you done in the last 10 years. Is there a degree of frustration at the lack of, it doesn't matter whether you've been there or the company in its current form has been there. They perceive you as having been there. The company's been there for 10 plus years and you haven't done this anything. You haven't got this into production. You haven't created jobs, tax revenues, all the other things that they were hoping would happen when that company first came along. Is there, is that what you're being, you know, cobbled together with that history? We, it, not in their written communication. Right. Okay. Okay. It, that's the only time they mention something like this. It's at that meeting with the minister. Right. And even there, there's there's a situation where it's important to mention. It's during these ten years we have still done quite a lot of drilling with tech and drilling with us. After there was a lot of work that has been done, and they were aware of that, fully right. aware of it. Okay. Where they 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 have to understand it. It's a it's a project that has serious challenges because it's uh, uh, at 031 percent copper primary sulfide. It's not economic for a traditional way of extracting the metal, you know, grinding, milling, leach, uh, flotation, rose leaching, it costs too much. The operations costs are too high. You would need a, a price of copper of $4, $4.50 per pound on a sustainable sustainable period to take a, dis- a decision to construct a mine there. If you go with that kind of, uh, of uh, 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 with that classical route of extracting the metal. You know, it's like uh, it's it's high, very high power and demanding. So that's the reason why we were looking at other technologies, and that's the reason why we were going with that feasibility specifically on the bio leaching, because the other track extraction technologies have shown they were not economic at this level here. Right. So call, call option on, on a sustainable copper price. Um, let, let's, let's talk about where you take it from here. So the, the Minister of Mines, they, they have conversations. You've had one conversation. Have conversation and communications now stopped? Yes. Okay. They won't. Because the they, day after, yeah. The day after, he sent us a letter saying that he didn't change the decision. Okay. And then that's it. No communication with them after. Okay. That door's shut. How many advocates have you got in country? Who are you using to try to get through to the ministry around the minister? The uh, the way the first just before I, I give you the names of these people the way that the the mining act works is that when when someone an official of the ministry makes a decision you can appeal to it apart for the minister because there's no one on top of him okay so the appeal has to go in court it's an administrative court case where you ask a review of the decision of the minister so that's what we did we file an application to review the, the decision of the minister and also we at the same time we have requested the court to interdict the ministry to issue the license to anyone else. Our lawyers are Hanno Basso and Andrew Corbett, who are very high level experienced uh, uh, lawyers in Namibia. And Andrew Corbett has worked on many files like this with or against the ministry. <laughs> so he knows quite a lot about these, these type of, uh, of situation. Uh, we have then filed this application in court. We have filed an affidavit that has 35 pages showing all the problems we see, you know, and, uh, and there's a lot of, uh, of uh, background case that have been used also as precedent. Uh, and uh, the, back, the supporting documentation has 1,500 pages. So it's all the technical reports that we have filed with them, and quarterly reports and stuff like this, all the communications. Um, 
all stamps showing that it was received by the ministry at such a date. You know, it's like, uh, and uh, so that's it. You know, it's like uh, we started with that and the, uh, the court has recently rendered a decision to interdict the ministry to issue the license to anyone else. The ministry was supposed to provide us, to provide the court with the background documentation that has served to the minister to take that decision. And it was still not uh, uh, delivered filed yet. So last week, the, the, the high court has ordered the ministry to deliver these documents before I think it's 10th of October. So uh, you, you can see that on the ministry side compared to our side, it's, they're not coping fast with what the court proceeding request. Now, why is it like this? I will not speculate on that. It's uh, and and and, 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 and in a big way, it, it it really doesn't matter. They'll they'll either get there or they won't. But at some point, the high court is going to do what? I mean, they say right. You're, they they, enter, they say right. They they uh, interdict the the ministry from uh, granting a license elsewhere. Great. So it's just parked up. But how long can it be parked up before for a decision needs to be made? Before what? What power does the High Court have over the ministry? High Court has the power to tell the minister to reverse his decision and give us the license back. Okay, that's what the, that's what we're looking for. Uh, and what we have been told at the start of this uh, uh, procedure is that because it's not like a, a claim for damage and interest and stuff like this, it's more an administrative case. Uh, it should take about six to nine months. So we have started that in uh, July. So uh, let's say by the end of the year, early next year sometime. Uh, now COVID has potentially, you know, slowed down some stuff because time to time uh, in Namibia, they had to go in lockdown like we do, you know, everywhere. So it's, uh, uh, so we don't have a clue exactly when it will be over. It's, uh, okay. So the high, high court has, has the ability to ask the, Ministry of Mines to uh, reverse the decision. What you've now got is a Ministry of Mines filled with individuals who are going to be a little bit emotional here because they just lost a case. You've, you've made the High Court change their change their decision. They've lost a face. You're not going to get much cooperation from these guys going forward, are you? That's a that's a situation we have to take care of, and that's very important. I would say that's probably the most important issue in all of this. Okay, we need to be prepared to make sure that they will be happy when we we close all of this. Okay, so in our case, our ego is not attached to that. The only thing we want is to get our rights back or be compensated correctly. Period. That's it, and no ego, no emotion, and. But for that also, we know on the other side, it could be the case. So we, and it's politic on their side. It's not the same on our side. So we are prepared to discuss with them and make sure we accommodate the situation correctly to make sure that, that, that uh, you know, everybody will be happy when we go out of that, uh, that situation. We're still highly involved. You know, keep in mind, we still have about 15, 20% of our shares held by Namibians. Uh, there's two prominent people on our board of directors, our chairman, they're Namibians. Uh, they, you know, in, in our operation in Namibia, two thirds of our operation is fully Namibian. Uh, so we already adhere to more than what, you know, they, they, they would be happy to see. So it's, uh, we're more a Namibian company than anything else. So it's important that we clear the air and we make sure that everybody is happy at the end. Okay. Okay. I, I guess we we'll have to sit back and wait and see what, what happens over the next you know, few months or so on that. Right, 
right now, you've got an asset that's tied up in court. Therefore, you've got no asset. What do you do about it? What are you going to do for your shareholders to change that situation? Um, there's two things. First, there's that situation in court. But uh, as we're, you know, as we are, as I said, in Namibian, we also use all our network to do some lobbying in front of the minister, in front of the prime minister, president. We we work with some institution like Chamber of Mines, like uh, Namibia uh, Investment Promotion Board. Uh, that that institution is there with the mandate to uh, promote foreign investment in Namibia. So these institutions are not very happy with the situation. They want to see that resolved. So, you know, we, we do quite a lot of lobbying and we have a good feeling that at the end of the day, it's the way to go and make sure that we uh, we have a chance to settle that that situation outside of the court. You know, it's like the court will continue. There's a third thing that we're looking at. We're looking at our international options. We don't go too fast on that side. We have discussions with very high level lawyers specialized in uh, international arbitration for treaties against, you know, with companies, with uh, treaties between different countries. There, there's there's options there and there could be solutions. But if you go that route, it's preferable that at the moment we let the court in Namibia and the lobbying in Namibia be more advanced and, and have, uh, hopefully the situation will be resolved within Namibia. We don't have to go on the international side because if we start going on that side, then it's it's going to put more, um, how can I say that? We, we, we want to make sure that we keep everybody happy. And if we do that, then people won't be happy. You know, it's like, uh, uh, it's like Namibian going outside to fight against Namibian. You know, it doesn't make sense. So it's, uh, but we are prepared to do, to do that. We have the right people around us to do it, but we will delay that until, we, until we're sure there's nothing else to do. Okay. And it can take months before we're getting there. <laughs> okay. So you're lobbying some important people, the, 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 the Prime Minister, um, Chamber of Commerce, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is going to be so low on their list of things to do because, you know, it, it's, 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 there's no economic component to it yet. It, it's what all about what the future could hold. Um, the Minister of, of uh, Mines does report to the, the President. So the, the should, there, that is his chain of command, as it were. When you say you feel in confidence, the only person there I think is going to make any difference is the Prime Minister saying, what's this about, you called this wrong, change your mind. The rest are just kind of nice to have soiree evenings, aren't they? So what what, what gives you the confidence? Yes, you're right that there's not a lot of uh, economic return at the moment on a project like this. It's still exploration and development. Uh, but the, the situation is this, is that we're a foreign company. We are listed in Canada, the States, and, uh, and we issue press releases all over the world, and we make a lot of noise about what has happened there. So it's not very good for the image of Namibia. The president of the country recently in an interview mentioned that he was unhappy with some people that were in Namibia that were creating problems for the image of the country because they desperately need foreign investment. So that's the reason why the Chamber of Mines, why the Namibia uh, promotion and uh, investment promotion board are very uncomfortable with that situation because they know it creates problem for foreign investment. Chamber of Mines represent the you know the industry represents exploration companies also, and they start to see that some exploration companies are being questioned by by their 
by their shareholders and investors, you know, saying that if it has happened to Deep South, what can you tell me that guarantees it will not happen to you? You know, so and that's not good for the industry. That's not good for the foreign investment. It means that it could lower down. It's not because Deep South is a big company. It's just because it's listed and it makes noise around the world. <laughs> that's it. Okay, but so that, that's, that's, we, we, that's we, we why a... I have some confidence about the resolving the situation. Okay, we, we have Namibian companies come on here regularly. So they're, they're typically uranium uh, companies, and they've got good, you know seem to have yep. good relationships. They've been able to do mine. They're producers, they're developers, they're explorers, and it seems to be typically it's it's okay to do business in in Namibia. So it gets people to thinking: Is this a foreign investment discussion or is this something that you've done or your relationship on the ground locally? I mean, who, who are your people on the ground locally who should be managing these relationships? And, you know, clearly, well, it doesn't, doesn't look like they have been able to um, foresee this problem or prevent this problem or solve this problem. So is it a company issue or do you think it's a ministry issue? That's a good question. Um, I still, I'm still confident that our people on the ground have done the job correctly to report back correctly to the ministry and the, you know, the 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 authorities in Namibia. I think they were keeping some good relation. Also, um, it's difficult to say, you know, because I, I gave you an example at the at the start. We had applied for a license license renewal in January, and after that, they have keeping issued us, granting us some permits to continue to develop the project. So my question to them was, if you were not intending to renew the license, why have you granted us all these permits, uh, drilling and, and export sample permits, and let us spend millions of dollars on the project still, and then you pull the plug? Why have you done that? And the, the answer of the mining commissioner to that was that they were in their full right to do that because they want to have as much data as possible from us after leaving there, you know? So I cannot tell you that uh, that was a shocking answer. <laughs> and in a way, it's not looking good at the, you know, on the ministry's side. So yes, probably if we go back and look at it correctly, we will have to improve our relation with the ministry, certainly. It seems that because of that answer, there's a hiccup somewhere. Right. But that answer came only in June when the license was pulled out. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So let's, 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 look. Let's, let's park up Namibia for now, because one of your other options is to look elsewhere for alternative assets. Now, we, we've got a couple of companies you know, we, we've spoken to this year who are in a similar position. For whatever reason, license has been either revoked or not granted. They're stuck that's going to take a long time before that gets resolved, and and many in a, in a very meaningful way, beating your head against the wall by issue, you know, getting lawyers to look at it. And I know who the winner there is. Getting lawyers to spend time and, and your money looking at it isn't always the best solution. Going and finding another asset somewhere else could be the solution. So, what are you doing about that? Is that an option? It is certainly an option because. Uh we were already looking for projects before that situation happened because we were looking at the way we were developing the project and the company. And we were thinking we were arriving at a point where the Hype Copper project was to 
have as momentum that we can you know develop it properly and then it would be the right time to start looking at at least one other asset so we were already shopping and looking at projects now that situation has happened so i can tell you we have just we are just going faster uh, looking at very good project in, in good jurisdictions. And uh, we hope by the end of the year or even before that, that we will have at least a second, uh, you know, another asset. And that's very important because we're there to develop the company. We cannot just sit back, think that we, you know, we will get the project back again and then, wow, we will make a killing. It's not necessarily the way it will happen. You know, we can dream of a lot of things. We're very confident we will get the project back but we cannot guarantee it and we don't know when, okay? There's no, there's no schedule to that. So in the meantime, we need to make sure that we, we still have some cash. We're, we're, you know, on that side, we don't have a problem. So now it's let's manage the cash correctly, be tight on it and let's find another nice projects. You know, we prefer copper because that's really where we were specialized. So if we can get another copper project, that's perfect. You know, it's like, a, and we look at some stuff that is pretty interesting. So we think that we uh, we will be we, we're onto something now. Uh, so uh, yes, that, that's that's the option number one, and that's what we're doing. Okay. Look, firstly, we'll say at this point, to be fair to you, I think, you know, we've made investment, well, made an investment in Africa, similar situation, and for no fault of the company, license was not reissued, you know, so I, I understand your position. It was very frustrating for me as an investor at the time, but I understand your position, and I say we've spoken to a couple of companies this year alone, which have gone through a similar um, process as you say. So I get it, I appreciate you being honest today or you know at least as transparent as you can be for a public company as to you know what's going on okay uh the most important of which is you don't know when this gets resolved so you've got to get on and do plan b which is go find another asset okay um where you you're looking at stuff you think you may be able to get something over the line this year it's probably copper may not but may not be you've got to keep your options open. Is that, is that the message I'm hearing? Yes, all the options are open for us now. And uh, we, want to, we want to continue to develop the company. We have a good team. We can do it. We are, and of course, we like Copper because we all know that Copper has a bright future. So when we have starting specializing really in Copper, so it's, uh, that, no, that's what we focus on at the moment. Okay, so talk to me about cash. How much cash have you got today? I, <laughs> I didn't check the balance sheets since a little while, but... Uh, between two and two point five million Canadian. Okay, so in terms of GNA, in terms of running around looking at other assets, type money, you've got that covered. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fine. That's what I wanted to know because again, sometimes companies get down to, to fumes and they can't even afford air travel to get to the place to look at the <laughs> asset. Right. No. Okay. No. That, that's You're not our okay. case. And, okay. And we're pretty lucky on that side because if we had to raise money in that situation, gee, <laughs> yeah, it would be feasible. But with uh, let's say it's a challenge, it'd be, it'd be <laughs> we don't need to raise money for for a while. Okay. And clearly, because of the high court case and the and the and the, and the fact that this has been interdicted that there's no obligation on your part to, sp to be spending money in Namibia right now until you get rev yeah. resolution over what the decision is going to be. Yeah. So there's no cash burn. Okay. Maybe yeah. except for staff in country, presumably. Will yeah, you be letting staff we go? We have reduced that to the bare bone minimal uh, okay. because that's the first thing we did. You know, we, we cut 
many contracts, consultants. We we stopped everything we were doing to cut the expenses to the bare bone minimum, you know, minimum. Like, like, in like, Namibia and also at okay. the you know at the the the, the board level head office level also we have reduced quite a lot of things it's uh, very important so the board the board have taken a pay cut yeah okay Pierre appreciate you coming on today thank you very much come straight back on when you've got something ideally a target an acquisition or something something that you can get over the line because I think that's the only way this gets resolved for your shareholders anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's our goal, and uh, yes, I will come back to you. I'm, you know, I'm very happy to do that. It's a, it's a good opportunity also to get a little bit more information to our shareholders in a clearer way than just a blunt press release. Thanks for that. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.